You're listening to the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. Welcome back, uh, everyone, to the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. I'm always here, joined by uh, Timothy Meyer and myself, uh, Constantine Lucan. And today we have, we just thought it would be important to cover, I think, one of the most common diagnoses out there, which is any variation of anxiety disorders. I think like the prevalence rate throughout lifetime, I want to say something like 22%, which means at in one's lifetime, there's like one in five chance that a person will reach the diagnostic level to have an anxiety disorder. So I know it's sort of <clears throat> done many times and spoken about many times, but I it just thought like it would be worthwhile for us to talk about it as well, especially since Tim has this sort of nice, concise way of thinking about it that I that we thought you know you guys would benefit from so without any further idea what is your sort of two cents or the way you conceptualize anxiety disorders and what do you say to the clients that walk in the door that say you know I'm struggling with worry anxiety be it generalized social you know and mm-hmm. any variation thereof yeah so I mean I, I I I find myself having the same conversations a lot um and, and I think this goes for just about any presenting problem, anxiety, depression, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, one thing that, that really helped me understand anxiety um, and what, what I found a lot, it helps a lot of people is sort of understanding like where it exists in our brain and sort of how, and sort of how our brain works. So um, I forgot when I learned this and, and I believe I, I, I believe it comes from, from Dan Siegel, who's, who's a, who's a great author. And, you know, if, if anyone needs to look up anything, I definitely recommend Dan Siegel. He's, he's great, but, um, you know, he, he goes through this explanation of, of, uh, sort of like the, the two different brains that we have. Um, and he calls it old brain versus new brain. So, um, old brain, it's kind of like our, our reptilian brain, right? It's kind of at like the, it's, it's, it's lower in our brain. Um, it's sort of like where the, where the amygdala is, which is sort of our like fear, uh, center of sort of like where anxiety lives. So, so that's sort of old brain and then laid over the top of old brain, um, is our new brain or our cortex, um, and sort of the way that he conceptualizes it is, is he makes a fist with his with one hand, and then the other hand he he wraps his other hand over um, mm-hmm. that fist, and so he sort of says that the fist that he's making is old brain, uh, his his wrist and arm is 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 the brain stem, and you know going down our body, and then new brain is sort of laid over the top, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so 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 new brain. Um, that's sort of uh, really all of the all of the neat things that make our brain unique to being human. You know, the fact that we can imagine and create and communicate and do all of the really cool things that that humans can do. That's all new brain sort of stuff. Whereas old brain, evolutionarily, it's been around forever. It's, it exists in like all animals, all mammals, all that sort of stuff. So, so, so it's been around for a while. And so the reason why I talk about the difference between old brain and new brain is because um, there's often a really big disconnect between old brain and new brain. So hmm. a couple more things just to add about this. Um, old brain really only cares about one thing, and that's just surviving, s- staying alive. Um, whereas new brain thinks about everything else. Old brain, really, really, really quick and efficient and fast. And new brain, really, really slow. So there's about like a half second delay between when old brain kicks in and when new brain kicks in. 
And mm-hmm. so the the example that I give is, um, you know, I I play softball on the weekends in the in the summer uh, poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not we're terrible. <laughs> um, and because I'm not a good fielder or anything like that, they have me pitch. Right. So. Gotcha. So, you know, oftentimes like I'll, I'll pitch the ball and it, and it gets hit off the bat and it comes right back at me, which is a terrifying experience. And what happens is I, I move my glove right away and I have to look down and even see that I caught it. Like, I don't even realize that I did. I reacted that fast. And it's almost a surprise to me that I didn't get hit in the face with this thing. And so I think that's a perfect example of old brain kicking in before new brain even realizes it. Mm-hmm. I you know, picked up my glove, I defended myself from the threat, which is the ball. And that's exactly what old brains uh, purpose is. So it's fantastic that it works so quickly. And I think that's a good example of new brain not even realizing what's going on. So the reason why I bring this up with with anyone who's experiencing anxiety is because I think that understanding it this way is is such is such an important thing. You know, where our anxiety exists in old brain it's happening before we even realize it. There's a half second delay there, and that might not seem like a long time, but as far as brain, as far as brain activity goes, it's a very long time, and we're sort of already in um, an anxious state before we even realize it, before our "quote unquote" brain clicks in. And so we're we're sort of set up with um, we're we're set we're sort of set up to fail a little bit um, in the fact that. Our brain sort of works this way. The fact that old brain's so quick, new brain's so slow. And so I'm going to add one more piece to this. Um, you know, so so if we think of, so so the example that I like to use is someone with agoraphobia, right? Someone who's afraid to leave their house. Um, you know, let's say they go up to leave. Automatically old brain kicks in and it says, no, absolutely not. Don't. Usually like, like a freeze response kicks in. And because that's so overwhelming and so powerful and so fast, the person does not leave their house. Now, their old brain is giving itself a pat on the back. It's saying, ah, good job. We did it another day. We stayed alive. Whereas new brain, it's depressed. It's down. It's it's upset. It's saying, oh my gosh, like I I wish I could, you know, see my family. I haven't seen them in five years. Like this is ridiculous. So there's that disconnect between what new brain wants and what old brain just does. And because again, old brain is so quick and fast, um, the the person with agoraphobia doesn't end up leaving, leaving their home. Um, and before I continue with this, with, with well, this, no, it's just, you, know, you know, it is so <clears throat> fascinating to hear what you just said, because it, it is, it is interesting because it does reflect oftentimes that conversation that people have in their mind, right? Like, oh, I really shouldn't leave. And on the other hand, like, wow, I really haven't seen my best friend, my family member. And there's this sort of torn feeling between the two, really like the way you're putting it. It's just like this conversation between the old brain and the new brain. And they're sort of like, they're almost like wrestling. In, mm-hmm. in a way to see kind of who wins. And then because the, the the more primordial part of ourselves is faster, it's the first thing that comes to mind, the first thing that, that we do, and that we get stuck in this sort of newer brain analysis, if you will, of what's happening. So that it, it's so it's so simply put, but it, it's so poignant because I think it kind of really highlights what people are going through. Yeah, you know, so th- th- there, there are so many times where people say like, I know this, but I'm, but I feel this. And there's, and there's that disconnect there, 
right? So, so anytime I'm hearing that disconnect, I'm thinking ah, there, there's probably some sort of disconnect between maybe old brain and new brain, right? And and I mean, it, it kind of stinks that that old brain is so good at what it does. Like you know, it's it, it's so uh, deeply interconnected with our entire nervous system. It really shuts things down or on or off or or or, or anything that it does so quickly, just as quickly as you know, a softball rocketing at my face and I react, right? I didn't even realize that I caught the ball, but I did, right? Anxiety kicked in, my old brain kicked in and, and, and it's already in play. It's so fast. And so a lot of times in therapy, I feel like, you know, we are like, like in, in talk therapy where, um, you know, we, we might be talking to the wrong brain, like right. if, if, if we're speaking with new brain um, to sort of like understand and conceptualize and like gain insight, you know, many, many, many times that's hugely important. But sometimes with anxiety, um, I think that it needs to be a little bit of a different approach. Right. So, sure. so I think that's that's why um, the the behavioral and exposure components of, of CBT and like exposure and response prevention and, and that sort of thing. Um, so hugely important because the way that I see it is, you know, we're using new brain to plan an exposure. And, and when we plan an exposure, we we're going into it knowing that old brain is going to be triggered. And right. if, if old brain gets triggered, and, and this is another important point, we can't really be talking to old brain. It's, 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 it's nonverbal. It, it doesn't communicate with language. The only way that old brain learns is through experience, right? So, so I use the example of my dog. Um, my dog is, has a little bit of a new brain, but mostly all old brain. And I can't sit there and say, Oscar, really, I, I mean it. Don't pee inside the house. <laughs> of, of course, he's, he's not going to learn that way. He has to learn through the experience of, well, peeing inside of the house and then not a good thing comes of it and also right. peeing outside of the house and then a good thing comes from it. It's all about the experience of doing so because that's the brain that we're working with and that's how it learns, right? So putting ourselves through the experience of a very anxiety producing thing, um, old brain kind of quote unquote freaks out a little bit and then it doesn't die. So old right. brain says to itself, oh, well, okay. I really thought I was going to die, but I guess I didn't. I still don't want to do that again, but Okay, noted. And then if we do that over and over and over and over again with all of those experiences, then old brain begins to learn through those experiences. I mean, that's a, <clears throat> I think that's amazingly put. Um, you know, well, thanks. Thing, <laughs> that was no, it, it, it's true. I mean, it, I mean, I definitely kind of learned one way to, to think of it, which so, uh, <clears throat> you know, so, so clearly in terms of that sort of relationship, because, you know, two things were, were coming to my mind, at least when, uh, when you were speaking is that one kind of, as we talked about just, just before about that torn feeling about like the old brain says one thing, but the new brain says another, and the person has this torn feeling. The other thing I'm thinking about also people sometimes like with generalized anxiety, when they worry about a gazillion different things, right? Like that old brain kicks in, but the new brain just takes and runs with it. 
Mm-hmm. So there, it's not so much the torn feeling; it's really the new brain kind of. It's, I, I'm thinking of it as a, as like being uh, the ball is being passed from one to another. The old frame freaks out. The new brain goes like, "Sure, not a problem. If that's the past, let me hold it dear." And then the new part of ourselves, the visualizations, the <clears throat> the mm-hmm. future planning, all sorts of gets informed by this older brain. So it seems like there's like really two different ways. One is the torn feeling. The other one is almost like the amplification <laughs> of the old brain. And I think that that may you know, hopefully resonate with some of our listeners because there's, there's a distinction there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. So I'm definitely not saying that that new brain can't be anxious. It, you know, it absolutely can like, like our thoughts, we can perseverate, we can worry, we can plan for the future. We can do all these sorts of things. Um, and <laughs> unfortunately when, when new brain and old brain are on the same page, right. um, I think double that's a whammy. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's an absolute double whammy. Um, I, but, but I, but I do stress to, to so, so, so many people, right? Like when we're talking about anxiety, we, we can't just be focusing on like one or the other. And what I mean by that is like, we can't really be focusing on just cognitive or just behavioral or just in our head or just in our body. I do really think that it needs to be a two part component at all times. Um, because if, if our, if our body is charged up and, and slash old brain is charged up, well then that sends messages to, to new brain. And if new brain, so like, so, so we're thinking perseverating, worrying that charges up, uh, old brain and our body too. So I think that we need to be doing, um, a few different things always to sort of understand, work on, work through anxiety in the most effective way. If we're just focusing on one and not the other, I don't think that it's um, as effective as it could be. Well, and speaking of that, let's uh, throw some uh, treatment modalities under the bus here. Uh, because it sounds like <laughs> some some maybe treatment modalities that focus only on figuring things out or some past relationships between important figures in one life seems to me from what you're describing maybe less effective because that old brain to your point I really like the way you said is really experiential so you mm-hmm. can't really talk to it it's sort of like talking to your dog by saying like hey listen Oscar I'd really appreciate if you would like at least let me know if you're going to pee so that we can brainstorm some options of how you could figure that out and we can open the door, right? Like, that doesn't really work. It really works just through experience. And that's an important element to it. That's why any anxiety treatment, really, if it doesn't have that component, it may not be as as helpful. And that could be from performance anxiety to phobias, to agoraphobia, to generalized anxiety, social anxiety, really anything that's informed by some sort of uh, fear, it lends itself really, really well to this idea that Tim is talking about. A hundred percent. A couple, one, one thing that I forgot about old brain, um, that, that I just wanted to mention. So when people are thinking about this with anxiety, um, it doesn't have any concept of time, right? Mm. Time is just a thing that our new brain came up with. Um, and then we structure our entire lives around it. And I could probably go on a very, very, very long rant about time, but I won't do that. Right. So, but or just, just suggest the movie. It's called Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. It gives you a little bit of a glimpse. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know how it kind of descends into mm-hmm. what time slows down. It's sort of like one of the good yep. ways to think about it. So, so just take my word for it. Time doesn't exist. Um, and <laughs> old, sure, old brain. <laughs> Maybe, maybe there could be like a like a ten part podcast series about that. Right. Uh, anyways, um, time doesn't exist to old brain, right? It has no idea the difference between past, present, future. It doesn't exist. It's not a thing, right? So, 
I, I always like to remember that when we're thinking about anxiety and anxiety responses and, and trauma, right? Um, there, there's this you know, hugely efficient, really, really good part of our brain that's very deep down in our skull. And its only goal is to make sure that we don't die. And it has no concept of time, right? So that means, I don't know, if it remembers something very vividly from a, from a traumatic event, those same emotions will get triggered and come up again right in the moment. Mm-hmm. So even thinking about it from like a, from like a trauma or like, or like a PTSD sort of um, uh, mindset, just, just remembering that like, yeah, it, like it, it, it might, you know, new brain knows that nothing is happening, but old brain doesn't. Old brain is fully convinced that the person is in a threat going to die. Um, right. And, and I think that's why these, 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 these triggers and these feelings and these symptoms, they could be so, so, so powerful. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> To me, this idea of no time really just uh, even just highlights the importance of this experiential element. Because one thing that comes to mind, I have a client I'm working with. He, on the one hand, wants to go on um, like romantic dates. On the other hand, is like paralyzed, like makes the date and then cancels, right? And I'm thinking to myself, kind of to what you're saying, the the this, this older part of ourselves jumps in and really is trying to save this guy, mm-hmm. saves this guy from going on the date. Yeah, like, which, which in reality is if some people, you know, may look into some studies, notice that loneliness actually has one of the most, you know, uh, correlates to some sort of medical issues going forward. Suicide, for example, in, in, um, in men in their 60s is correlated, suicide is correlated with loneliness, right? Like, so if you think mm-hmm. about it constructively, you could tell like th- the best thing he could do is to go on this date, but yet that older part of himself says like, I'm saving you. It pats itself on the back by saying, yep. great job me for saving you. While in reality, if you zoom out, actually it's, it's kind of doing something pretty deleterious for the lo- longevity of the person. 100%. And old brain is patting himself on the back saying, oh, okay, we did it. Like we avoided that threat. Thank God. Let's make sure we keep our eye out and do the same exact thing next time. Right. Wow. Right. I mean, I, I'm really learning a lot to be honest with you. I really like <laughs> the way you're positioning it because it, it's so true. It is mm-hmm. so true for so many different people. I, I don't think they realize that that older part of themselves is actually saying, great job, me. Thankfully, yep. I saved you from this rather than kind of because what happens is the individual I'm thinking, but then he gets down, he didn't go. And then there's that torn feeling. While like even maybe highlighting what you're saying, maybe I should encourage him to listen to this podcast. Oh, there like, you go. You know, because to, to kind of get a sense like, oh, my God, the other part is saying great job, me. Yeah. And then I, you know, and I think that understanding is so hugely important for, for, for us to understand because that's motivation for stepping stepping into a very uncomfortable situation right I, you know I, I have conversations with clients all the time like hey you know this is how it works we have to put your old brain through an experience and that's the only way that it's going to learn and it's going to be really uncomfortable for you to blah 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 whatever the thing is um, but remember why we're doing it remember what's happening as you expose yourself to that trigger you know, your old brain is literally going to think that it's going to die and you know that you won't. So are you willing to really step out of your comfort zone to make your, to make your old brain a little bit well, stronger or weaker, depending on however you want to see it? Um, well, reassess the situation, I guess, in a way. 
Yeah, yeah. And and eventually get to that point where, where old brain understands that, you know, whatever the, the trigger or the event or the situation is, is not a life or death situation. You can't you can't talk to it. You can't convince it. You have to put it through the experience just like a dog for for it to then learn and understand that way. Yeah, it's at uh it's a tremendous point, and just like it, uh, for some of the listeners that are not aware that we we're here at the practice, also sometimes do some uh, some trainings. One of which is cognitive behavioral therapy, and that's literally, honestly, literally the question I asked one of the uh, one of the faculty members who's actually leading the seminar is like, well, how do you see this change when sometimes people feel one thing but think another? And I think Tim just kind of gave us a little bit of a clue in terms of how to do it. It's through behavior so that that older part of yourself begins to maybe see the situation a little bit differently where it might be scared less. So the person is more likely to, to do it and therefore have some sort of like a reinforcement loop where it's getting easier. They're doing it more often and yada, yada, yada. Then let's say in, in, in the case the of the person I was describing, more comfortable going on dates. Mm -hmm. Now that first date's going to be really, really hard. Right. Right. Really hard. And then the second one will be really hard. And the third one will be pretty hard. And then the fourth one will be hard. And then the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, one, one thousandth, you know, whatever. Um, old brain does learn. We right. just have to put it through the experience. So, so, so really overall, you know, I, I, you know, when, when I first learned about about this and different brain parts and, you know, Dan Siegel puts it very, very, very well, um, that really changed the game for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I give this explanation to people for them to sort of understand their anxiety in this way, um, I think it does give people a sense of, um, well, just like deeper understanding, like, okay, like now I kind of know what's going on. And then mm -hmm. that gives us a little bit of a leg up on, on sort of how we can overcome it and, and following that process and, and why they're doing so. So I guess really my, my main hope for, from this is, you know, if anyone's struggling with anxiety, think about, you know, both your old brain and your new brain, where things are coming from, perhaps putting yourself in, in an experience where you do feel anxious, you know, uh, feelings always end. They start at zero, they go to 10 or whatever, and then they go away. So remembering that to have new brain plan things for old brain to experience to overall kind of get to a better spot with your anxiety. Or just call Tim, either way. Either or, way. or that. <laughs> <laughs> or listen to the podcast. You know, or listen to the podcast. There you go. <laughs> uh, wow. Thanks, Tim. I mean, this was, this was very helpful. It really kind of elucidated, at least for me, definitely that distinction, which I, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, to kind of think of it that way and this idea of like uh, whether they're really communicating well or whether there's some some you know difficulties between the new and the old brain how do we make them a little bit friendlier how do we go through these experiences all really great takeaways for hopefully for some of our listeners and again as always if you have any follow-ups any questions about what you've heard today or in any other podcast feel free to check us out on social media or send us an email or anything like that so that we'd be able to uh, get to your questions in our next podcast again thanks so much Tim and uh, take care guys thanks so much for tuning in Thank you for tuning in this week. As always, we hope that you enjoyed the show and please make sure to subscribe. We love to interact with our listeners. If you have something you'd like to comment on, ask us about, or hope to hear on the show, please message us on Facebook or Twitter at last session of the day with the site guys, or send us an email at last session OTD at lucancenter.com. Hope to hear from you soon and tune in next week for another engaging episode.
This has been the last session of the day with the Psych Guys. See you next time.